0: What you're about to hear is of a general nature and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. We recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super and consider the relevant UniSuper product disclosure statement.
1: I was 32 when I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Sounds stupid to say now I know, but I never actually thought it would happen to me. When you watch the news or read about someone having a tragic illness or accident you empathise with them but you also sort of can't help just moving on to the next story when it actually did happen to me it felt like my world as I knew it was crushed I couldn't breathe or think or do anything there's no illnesses for dummies
2: you're listening to super Informed Radio, the podcast where we help you wade through the complexities of super, the broader world of finance, and life's money matters. As always, I'm Marta.
0: And I'm Lyndon. And today we're exploring what it means to have insurance in your super when it comes down to the crunch. Now, the story you heard a moment ago is that of one of our members who's obviously gone through a pretty tough time in life over the last little while, potentially even one of the worst moments of her life so far.
2: Yeah, I felt kind of odd. Listening, not odd, but it was a weird listening to it because I can empathise, but I then I start thinking about how well, how would I go about it if something like that happened to me, um, and how would I even go about picking my life back up? Um, it's 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 hard.
0: Well, in this member's case, she actually was able to contact Unisuper because she had insurance through her super. Let's see the rest of her story.
1: Everyone processes these things differently i tried to keep going but in the end i found i just couldn't i had to quit the one thing that was keeping me sane my job well you might think it's just a job but for me that was my life like how was i going to keep going i heard randomly on the tv about cover for when you can't work and that i could be covered through my super so i did check Eventually, I wasn't in the headspace to wrap my hand around any of it. I'd been on sick leave for four months, and it was about a year before I finally got in touch with Unisuper. And in the end, I was entitled to an insurance benefit. Unisuper introduced me to it, and they helped me apply for it, while I finally had to resign from my position. You kind of can't imagine what it's like until you go through it. I spoke with an occupational rehabilitation specialist at Unisuper. Natalie coached me to get back into the workforce. She took me through two mock interviews, uh, which really helped my anxiety and fears about being asked about my past experience, and it meant I could practice answering questions in a non-threatening way. I'd been out of the loop for so long, so it, it was great to be able to have some trial runs before jumping back into it. Well, soon after the second interview, I got a short-term contract, which led to further employment. For me, it was the occupational rehab team that was really valuable in my recovery and and return to work. Natalie helped me feel confident about my position and helped me practise in a really positive and constructive way. Fingers crossed for the future, but whatever happens, I can't stress enough how important the occupational rehab service is for anyone trying to make their way back into the workforce. Wow, so
2: hearing that full story, you kind of get a sense of the member side of things and just how crazy and and full-on that end-to-end journey can be. So here to take us through that in a little bit more detail is Natalie Agnuleto, UniSuper's Occupational Rehabilitation and Return to Work Specialist. Now Natalie's job or role involves helping members who are on claim, so for example if someone's temporarily unable to work, um, get back into the workforce easier. Um, And that can involve supporting the member and community and just keeping in touch with them throughout this process and even also talking to employers, either their current one or potential new ones, to ease that transition of coming back into work. Natalie, thanks very much for joining us in the studio today. Thanks for having me. So that story we just heard there is one example of something that happens quite often. Do you manage many cases like that?
3: We we look at quite a few different cases and each member is quite unique in what they require and we support them accordingly.
0: So Natalie, the member's story we heard What is it like for you to deal with those members? And can you tell us a little bit about what your role entails and how you might interact with them?
3: Yeah. So my role um, is actually fairly new. It's sort of May 2017, I think it it, um, came about, purely because um, in the claims team, we identified that there um, was a lack of support in that area for members if if they've been off work for a while, and as well as our employers as well.
0: And so for the member's story that we heard before, um, at what point – so obviously, you know, they might become ill or whatever and then they contact us and lodge a claim, however it works. At what point in that process do you end up – talking to members and helping them?
3: Yep, so claims assessors, they look at the medical information and um, the members' um, opinion on things. And if there's a capacity that's been a work capacity issued or a potential capacity approaching, um, that's when they can have a discussion with a member or refer it on to me to go, all right, there's a capacity approaching, do you need assistance um, with either negotiating with your employer or looking for other work? So... So That's the trigger point, just a potential capacity.
0: Yeah, so basically kind of you might have been ill for a while and now you might be in a position where you could return to work and that's where you can come in. Yep,
3: absolutely. Some people who um, remain job-attached, they've sort of got more of an idea of the direction that they want to take. What do you mean by job-attached? Oh, it's still employed. Oh, yeah. So, 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 yeah, Yeah, yeah. so the employment contract is still in existence. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, on the other hand, people that... In saying that, if the communication – so I speak to some members who speak to their supervisors every week still Mm -hmm. while still being off work. So they're in the know. They know what's going on. Um, Other members may not have spoken to their employer in six months or more. And the difference is the type of conditions that they've got. The employers um, may not want to bother them um so you've got all these relationships that it's like oh it's opposite ends of the spectrum they're not sort of playing to their employee and their needs mm-hmm. so some people actually like getting that contact monthly to sort of stay in the loop of well, things. I think that's really
2: important like yeah, you know yeah. especially if illness if an illness or particular injury has meant that someone's a bit more isolated it's that social connectedness and yeah. that feeling that you belong to something yeah that can I believe also help in Rehabbing people quicker and getting back into it.
3: Yeah. Then there's the other hand though that there's some members who would feel hassled if they're contacted yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like a skill in knowing what your member or employee wants and making sure that it's a you, you adapt to your awesome. approach. And that's what we do with the claims assessment as well. Um, there's not again not a standard approach don't need to contact them monthly if mm-hmm. our medical information supports it. But if that person is quite chatty on the phone and that is their only outlet, mm-hmm. then yeah, we're happy to happy to do that and tailor that yeah. accordingly.
0: Natalie, you mentioned just then some of the illnesses that members, potential claimants or actual claimants might have. What kind of illnesses typically would you see someone with an income protection kind of temporary incapacity claim yep. coming to you with?
3: Yeah. So um, the higher numbers are around mental health conditions at the moment, um, followed by cancer and and sort of physical ailments. So, um, yeah, psychological claims are definitely on the increase. Um, Whether or not that is due to a reduction in stigma in the workplace or people are are being more vocal and opening up about it, um, that's yet to be determined. Each state has quite significantly different um, rates of rates of claim, especially on the on the mental health front. So, um, yeah, we haven't sort of picked up a, a certain trend at this point in time. Um, but the the claims that I'm working with, majority, I would say, are um, mental health mental health claims.
2: Um- So Natalie, you mentioned there that there are sort of, not the top three, but the three more common illnesses or injuries that people will come to us with. But taking mental health as an example, there's such a wide spectrum, as it were, or, or, or range of matters or issues that can come up in that space. So if a member feels like they're at the beginning or at the onset of something, what are the first steps that they can take to sort of get a claim rolling, as it were.
3: Yeah. Well, early intervention is absolute key. So even if claim comes second, go get the right treatment, go seek um, medical advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the sooner the better Mm -hmm. in terms of um, successive recovery. Um, If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, any type of mental um, health disorder um, or physical injury, um, whatever the case may be, give us a call. Um, Uni Super is here to absolutely help and direct you right down the right path. So if you are feeling that your injury or condition is impacting your ability to work in any way, shape or form, give us a call and um, we can give you advice regarding what what cover that you've got, um, what steps need to be taken um, and provide you with Mm -hmm. the necessary support.
2: It's probably a good idea to chime in now and say that if you are interested in finding out how much insurance you have or cover or
0: Or if you you, have it at all,
2: you you can log into your account online at unisuper.com.au and follow the prompts there.
3: Yeah, healthy work is part of someone's recovery. It's not being on claim, waiting to be 100% and then going back to work Mm. if people understand. So I always have to make sure that the member clearly understands what I'm trying to do for them. Hmm. And look, at the end of the day, if they want to participate, they can. And if they don't, they don't have to because no one's going to give someone a job who rocks up to an interview and doesn't want the job. So it's like they need that motivation. Hmm. Of course, they're, it comes naturally. in the first instance, yeah. So um, it is all about, our focus is about extra support hmm. um, and, yeah, seeing what we can do to help them.
0: Natalie, obviously the claimant that we heard speaking about her story earlier, had a good experience. Yep. There must be tonnes of other good experiences out there as well. Can you give us an idea of some of the other types of stories that you've come across that sort of just spring to mind?
3: Yeah. Um, there's a handful of ones that I can 100% guarantee that if we didn't support them, um, they would still be on claim. So there was this um, one claim where the claims assessor had identified that um, that she did have a capacity... But she was still employer attached, so still employed. Um, and like I mentioned before, some members aren't aware that if they are on claim, if it's been identified that they can't go back to their previous job, that they can look for new work. They sort of, sort of think that they're held in contract for a two-year period, which is not the case. Right. Um, in this instance, the member... Um, had sort of lost contact with the employer, and so she was actually still hopeful of um, going back. From their perspective, based on her restrictions, they were never able or never planning to give her, be able to provide her with duties. So I was kind of in that difficult position of telling the member that maybe it was best to to start exploring alternate options yeah, um, it, yeah. she was absolutely devastated so and, and it was all about trying to um, give her hope that we're here to support her to start um, exploring other options ideally it will 100% come from the employer and I do believe at both those stages after I spoke to the employer I was like does the member know that this was your plan or where your head's at with all this? Um, And so then that communication started and I was there for support for her once she did find out. Um, So I wasn't the bearer of bad news, but I initiated the bad news in a way, which eventually... Mm -hmm proved timely so that she was like oh here I was waiting thinking that was going to be my future because she did want to get back um, but as soon as she got told the hard truth that she's like then she's like oh well, what am I going to do now I'm gonna start looking for other work so, so how did
0: you then yeah how did you get her to where she needed to be yep
3: yeah, so after her week of being in shock and really upset um, we just said okay, Where to from here? What do you want to do? Let's start looking for other work. Um, and yeah, she sort of was like, Yes, I really want to get back to work as soon as possible. Um, knowing that being off work for any longer was just not going to do anything, any, um, anything better to her confidence. So, um, yeah, she sent through a resume. Um, and I checked over it, made recommendations. Um, She put a cover letter together and she was kind of looking for, still wanted to be in the um, higher education sector. So we looked at different universities in her area. Um, And yeah, then the perfect job came along and um, she was successful in securing two different interviews, um, which were a week apart. It was probably lucky that the one that she really wanted to go for came came around for the second time. So mm-hmm. she sort of got an a, um, early run with the other one, a bit of a practice run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so she was successful with the, the second job um, and extremely happy. And she's um, someone that has actually said that without the support, she doesn't know where she, she would have been or ended up. So wow. it was a positive story.
0: So if there are members listening to us talk about these issues yeah. in similar predicaments, they perhaps might be wondering what on earth to do, what would you say to them? Obviously, firstly, go and check your cover, what you yep. what you have, if you have any?
3: Well, if they're on claim, um, their claims assessor will be their first port of call. Yep. Um, if they do have an injury or, or illness um, and are not on claim, that's when you can call the one 825 246 number yep. um, and, or email claims at unisuper.com.au right. um, to see how what the process is to initiate the claim. But if you are on claim um, and you're not sure what you can do and what supports are in place, Um, absolutely contact your um, claims assessor. Hmm,
0: Fantastic. Mm.
2: Well, Natalie, that's definitely a lot of food for thought. And thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about the other side of um, insurance in your super. Thank you for having me. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Super Informed Radio. Thanks very much for listening in. Now, if you have any questions or concerns about anything that you might have heard in um, today's episode, we'll have some links in our show notes for more information.
0: And as always, if you'd like to listen to past episodes of Super Inform Radio, you can do that at unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts or subscribe through uh, any decent podcast app. We'll catch you next time.
2: Bye for now.